Hi, thanks for listening to my podcast. Let me introduce you with Jane Milton. I've been working with food businesses for 35 years and now I'm taking you behind the scenes in my business to connect with some of the great specialists, entrepreneurs and producers that we work with to hear how we create strategies that inspire business and how we help them create the perfect teams for specific projects and for their business as it grows so that they can get great results faster and much more cost effectively with our support than they would on their own. I truly believe the food industry in the UK has some of the best people in it and I'm lucky enough to know and work with the very best of those. Let me introduce you to Paul Wayne Gregory. Paul and I have known each other for a number of years, having met through a business organisation. Paul is a true artist with chocolate. He has made some breathtaking works of art from chocolate and he also makes wonderful chocolates. His signature flavour is passion fruit. His enthusiasm to learn took him to France and Spain to work with pastry and chocolate experts and even to the USA. He is a real perfectionist and he always thinks he could improve on things. His chocolates speak for themselves. They are truly incredible and I'm really excited that we are collaborating on a project together. So Paul, I'm looking forward to chatting more with you now. Can you tell me how you would describe your job to other people? Wow, that's a big one because um, it's changed over the years. As in, when I mean change, I mean it's developed. Of of course, I, I started off as a chocolatier, but then we start adding art to it. Then people say, "Yo, you're a chocolate artist." So uh, I'm torn between the two. I would just like to think that the actual chocolatier trade has progressed, and now we are yes. doing more. And we can do more and we and it's modernized, you know, new techniques have come in, new equipment's come in and uh, we've developed as chefs. So we've gone from pastry chefs to chocolatiers to chocolate artists to world domination. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And I do. I would say, too, that you do all of those. Mm. It's not any one or another. So I know that um, you obviously, as you say, you're a chocolatier and, and that that was where it started or you started in pastry and then you really honed in on your chocolate. I know I've spoken to you recently and you were telling me about a fashion project that you got involved in making a dress out of chocolate that somebody could wear. Yes. Can you tell us a wee bit more? Because that's not your everyday chocolate project. No, definitely not. um, For me, this is one of the best projects I've done because it also allowed me to work with someone else that was a professional in their trade. So I teamed up with the designer from Downton Abbey. She designed all the dresses for that. And then she designed this dress. So my challenge was now to turn this into chocolate. And being able to work with someone else that's passionate about what they do just adds another level of, of yep. what you're doing, you know. So um, that was fantastic. I'll never forget that. That will live me forever. And you you told me it took you two weeks to work out how you would do it. Yes. And then about a week to do it yeah and I bet you that was knowing you I would yeah. say that would be a week of very long days very long days very long days the, the actual preparation for something like that is what takes the longest amount of time because there's so many different techniques so many different ways of doing things and then it, it's using the right technique to get the finish that you want but at the same time I wanted it to from afar not to look like chocolate and that was the whole thing because I, I, I wanted the actual uh, chocolate to look like leather so I had to get around that technique as well. So it looked in between suede and leather 
from afar. It's only when you got close to it, then you could smell the chocolate and you knew that it definitely was chocolate. And this isn't just a model of a dress that you made. Somebody actually wore this dress in a fashion show. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> so someone wore it every night, I think for seven nights. Uh, no, no, sorry. Tell her like it was that was that particular show was three nights, but including the photo shoot and the video and so on. So it yep. worked at the seven nights. So that was a yes. challenge within itself. How do you make one chocolate dress that you can touch up every night and that won't fall apart and won't break? Um, and that was a challenge. What kind itself. of weight was it? Uh, I think that particular dress must have been at least twenty kilo, thirty kilos. Is it heavy dress heavy? You know, that's that's a lot for somebody to carry <laughs> yeah, as yeah. well, isn't it? It's a yeah. lot, a lot of chocolate, you know. And and um, mm. the young lady um, was struggling towards the end. She was really yeah. struggling, really, really struggling. Yeah. So we had to oh. take the dress off, let her rest, he- let her eat, get some refreshments, then put the dress back on and get out of here. Go on, get out. Of here. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic, though. Yeah, it's not about you; it's about the dress. It's get, about out dress. get out of here. <laughs> you know, you're all heart. I know. <laughs> When did you first know, what age were you when you first thought you had an interest in food even? Never mind if you knew pastry, but yeah. tell me wow, your my journey. My, 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 my journey is, is a, a very strange. I fell into uh, catering and I fell into chocolate. I'll explain very quickly. I actually started off and wanted to be an electrical engineer, but because I was right. dyslexic, uh, they got me mixed up on the wrong course between electronics and electrical engineering. Right. So um, uh, the only job that I could find, well, the job, I, perfect job I found at that time to allow me to go college, uh, sometimes in the morning, sometimes in the afternoon, was a baker. Right. Because I'd start in the morning, finish, and then go straight to college. And then I just fell in love with food and then forgot about the electrical engineering and then became a baker. So bake. we were lucky that yes. that hey. you got that course mixed up. <laughs> Otherwise, we might never have had never. this chocolate. <laughs> never. That's amazing. So, so you were working in a bakery or in a hotel bakery or? A small little bakery, small little um, family run bakery. And that's where it started. But and then I moved from there to the supermarket. And then I knew that the bakery was on its way out. <laughs> as in mm-hmm. um, what we knew as bakery shops growing up yeah. with was was on its way out and then from there High I trained bakers. As a, yeah exactly and then from there I trained as went I thought well I like food so I went into catering and was in the main kitchen for a few years and hated it I really <laughs> I just hated it but I didn't know what I hated about it it was just something I liked the kitchen I liked the buzz and I liked the service and but there was just something I didn't like and then um I went into the pastry section and then that's when I fell in love again then I realized mm-hmm. that I am a pastry chef and, and and that's where it started. Then from there, obviously, became a pastry chef, then went to France, fell, it, I was, fell in love with chocolate, but also Jean Valenta, who's my teacher there, was, yep. was the classmate of Michel Roux, uh, senior, yep. uh, sadly passed away. He said to me, if you do anything, go into chocolate, you have a natural flair. But I didn't really kick in until I moved to Spain and I worked with Oriol Balaguer. And Oriol Balaguer is a, is a chocolatier. And then from there, that's where the connection was. I just went straight into chocolate and not, not looking Whereabouts in Spain were you? Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah. Beautiful. Lovely place. Gosh, what a journey. That's incredible. Yeah. That's and then how version. long <laughs> How long have you been working for yourself? I must be working for myself. Must be 
to be honest with you, I've worked for myself for many years, even before I became a patient, yeah. as in I did catering and stuff like that. Like I worked in a restaurant and then I did my own thing. I always wanted to work for myself from when I was very young. But yeah. as as a chocolatier, it's got to be 10 years, if not more, 10 10 years, 12 years. You don't know like what that. age you are, do you? No, I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> I just go to I work. I can see <laughs> that you're else. trying to calculate it. I know, <laughs> that's quite that. funny. I'm, yeah. I, I don't I'm, even know. I don't even remember. I was it, talking to somebody today about somebody that I'd known. Yeah. And I said, I've known her for... And then I worked out 30 years and she wow. said, I, I hate when you do that and you work out how old you are. Yeah. And I, said, I know, it's true. <laughs> so same sort of thing. Oh, that's so funny. That's it. Um, so within your family, was there a strong interest in food and things? Do you know, did you ever see that? Well, uh, to be honest, I learned to really cook for my mum. My mum yep. taught me to cook from young. Uh, being from Caribbean background, yeah. we learn to cook from young, especially yep. if you're, because I'm the last child. So <laughs> if you're the last child, you are the person that learns to cook everything. So, yes. but I'm so glad that she did. She taught me, you know, because yep. as I got older, the benefits of it was unbelievable because when I started to do the cooking is in, in college or in the yep. restaurant, a lot of it I already knew. As in, you were much more familiar yeah, with ingredients yeah. and things. That yeah. could be me cooking from a young age, you know. So I was cooking for the family by the time I was thirteen. Gosh, that's brilliant, isn't yeah. it? And did your mum do? Because I know a lot of Caribbean women do amazing cake decorating and things. Did she do any of that or no? No, because no, you know I know a lot of people <laughs> yeah, are yeah. really good at sugar craft and things, yeah. and I think it's such a skill. And I wondered if that also had no. fed your interest, but no, no. She would, you know, well, you know. Obviously, it's my mum. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. big her up and tell her, yeah, she's the great thing for life. But no, she's she's a fantastic cook. She's the kind of person. That will walk into uh, a room, walk into a kitchen, and we'll say, "What's for dinner?" She'll say, "Cupboard food," and, p- and yep. pick things from the cupboard and make sauces and make things there and then uh, adjust recipes. She never used to write down anything. No. It was just off the cuff. She was just a natural good cook. My, my grandmother and my mum's side was like that. Yeah, yeah. she would Fantastic. take a few bits and bobs out of the fridge, yeah, and and leftovers and different things, and then she would just add. A wee bit yeah. of mustard, a wee bit of something else, a wee bit of something else. And and you would end up with a really tasty meal, but exactly. she couldn't make it the same way twice. Yes. Because, you, you know, because <laughs> yeah. it would be depending on what you had and just <laughs> yeah, what exactly was around. That. Exactly That's funny. That. Yeah. What do you think other people's first impressions of you are? What do folk well. think when they meet you? <laughs> <laughs> Good things, I hope. Um, it's funny. I'm sure. You know, because when you've done a lot of work or you you, you – you've got a good reputation or something. When people meet yep. you, they're intimidated. And I always yep. wonder, well, why? I'm just a normal person to say hello and, and we can get on, you know? Yep. Um, I don't like to – I'm not a boastful person. I'm not that type of character. Well, you know me. I'm not I'm, – I'm, You're certainly not. No, I just get in and get it done. So um, I'm hoping that people uh, have a good impression, <laughs> I hope, you know? I'm and, sure. And I'm down to earth and I am approachable. So if you see me on the street, please say hello. i definitely think that's all true yep what do you think the things are that have in your career made you different from other people i would say chocolate dresses chocolate (laughs) artistry but what what do you think you know Uh, it's funny i was having the same conversation and i would say a couple of things first of all my background yep being um from the caribbean as in my parents from the Caribbean, yep. that our taste profiles 
are slightly different. So that came through in the cho- I was allowed to bring that through in the chocolate because the first chocolate I made was passion fruit. Oh, and, it's and I love the, your passion <laughs> fruit chocolate. Thank you very much. Yay. And that's the, uh-huh. I would say for me, that is the, the, the signature one. That's the one that yep. sets us apart and everything else is based around that. So it's definitely that being dyslexic because you have to think differently anyway. And I'm not, uh, frightened of saying to people I'm dyslexic I can't read that I don't read but if you give me some chocolate I'll give you anything you want so that's kind yeah. of <laughs> I think those I are know. the because I know at any time I email you you always just say I just phoned you and then I think I should remember that, <laughs> that you would much rather chat to me than have to read something do you know yeah, it's so it. true yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's funny now because but I think some, that also mm-hmm. makes you a more very often if mm-hmm. people have dyslexia mm-hmm they also seem to be much more creative. I think it's because you think differently about things and how you remember things and things. It's not unusual to have a really good art skill Mm -hmm. or a really, you know, to be very creative. And that certainly is you, isn't it? That's it. Definitely. We definitely uh, think differently because obviously I'm not academic as in reading. I prefer you call me or we have that conversation. But we, I look at things completely different as well. And I only realized how different it was until I started to sp- uh, speaking to Jake. Jay, sorry. Jay from um, yep. the repair shop. Because he's dyslexic as well. Yes, uh-huh. Uh, and yes, then we of had, course. Uh-huh. We had a good conversation. And he just said, yeah, he, he, he now embraces it fully. And now I'm going to another yep. stage of embracing it and actually um, looking at different ways that I work and trying to understand the way I look at things. My wife says I'm mad, but that's a different story. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I do. I think you're right. And I think that's a good thing that you think about things differently and look into them differently and things because you're not probably constrained in the way that we all are. We'd all be like, that's not possible. We can't do that. And I think that's where those amazing pieces of artistry and things that you do are. You you find solutions to things, don't you? You And my my way of thinking when it comes to chocolate is that I can make anything out of chocolate. That's the that's the approach. Yep. That nothing is impossible. If you want a house made, if you want a chair made, you want a painting done, it can be done. It's just how. Yep. And yeah. that, that's the excitement of actually trying to figure out how do I actually make this? How do I manipulate this chocolate and make it into a chair? Or how do I now color it? And how yep. do, all right, I've got chocolate. And then how do I airbrush chocolate? How do I paint chocolate? How do, and yeah, it would, it would, it would drive you mad. I, I also <laughs> would say about you from what I know about you, that you mm. are a perfectionist, that you'll try again and try again. Whereas other folk might well think that's good enough. I think if you were if you were given a year to develop something, I suspect you'd still be tweaking it the night before the year finished. Do you know? I mean, you're yeah, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you have amazing patience for doing things like that, I think. Thank you very much. It's 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 um some people say it's a bit anal, <laughs> but for me it's a case of it can always be better. So now when I do an art piece, um, because you can spend months and months building mm-hmm. one thing. So what I do now is that I set myself rules. I I try to only build something once, no practice. Yep. See and just and the practice is in the actual thinking about how you're going to do it. So now it becomes yep. the challenge, and then you do it. I don't like to do things more than once. There's only no. one thing that I've done that I want to remake that I wasn't happy with. And right. uh, I will remake that when the time is right. 
And you're keeping that to yourself until yeah, you do. Until I Good do for it. you. <laughs> Good for you. Um, you talk about you talked about going to Spain and working with the chocolatier, and that that was really. Who do you think has impacted on you in your life? Who have been the folk that you've either seen how they've done things and thought that's amazing? I like how they are with people, or mm. I like how they cook, or or you've thought I don't like that. And yeah. I'm not going to be like that. So what we say is, if it's a yeah. good person, you can say who they were. If it's a bad person, you talk about what you <laughs> learned from them, but not who they were. <laughs> <laughs> I've got both experiences, to be honest. Yep. But my, I'll start with the good ones. The good ones, for me, that will live in me forever is definitely France and Spain. Yep. I went to the, France and Spain, and I always talk about it because the two gentlemen that I worked with and I met just treated me like, like family, like mm-hmm. um, they've known me for years. You know, the, um, Jean Valenta in uh, France, he couldn't speak very good English. But, you know, the one thing he said to me is, look, I see that you want to learn. You want to learn, I will teach you as long as you do the hours. But he knew that because I was traveling all the way from England to go to France. Just to work with him. Just to work. But I didn't, you know, the, the, even that story in itself is, is crazy. Now I think about it, now I'm older. I wanted to learn so much. So I used to work on the weekends in France. So I'd work in a week here and work in the weekends there so I could learn. And then I did that for three months. And then for the other three months, I worked in the week and then worked on the weekends here. And then I moved to France and I did my last um, four months. And then I went back and forth again so I could complete the whole year. So when he said to me, you know, it, and, and that's something that will live me forever, knowing that someone that lives in another country doesn't speak, me and him didn't speak the same language, but what we had in common was the passion. And he could see the passion. And he could see that in you. He could see That's it. phenomenal. He could see that, you know. And he had the patience to try to teach you too when yeah. he didn't speak English and you didn't speak French, I'm yes. assuming. Yes, exactly <laughs> that. And it, it it was really, I just wanted to learn as, I was I was young, you know, and I wanted to learn mm-hmm. as much as I could. And I wanted to make up for the lost years because I see the, the main kitchen for me at that time, I saw it as lost years because if I'd yep. never gone into the main kitchen, I would have been a, you know, learn more pastry chef. But later on, when I started working for myself, the best thing I did was to go in the main kitchen because it taught me about mixing flavors and understanding flavors and understanding yep. making sauces and stuff like that, which is now the basis of my chocolate because I make yep. my chocolates diff- very different from the masters that I learned from. Um, yep. I've got my own style. And again, that's because A, it's your own style and you've developed yep. it, but also because things have changed. Yes. And there's new technologies and different things. So you've learned different ways yeah. to definitely to yeah. do things. Yeah. And, also, and then tell me about Spain. Spain. So, oh, Spain was. Um, <laughs> how it, did you end up there? I mean, how did you find out about I've, him? I, I'll give you a hilarious story. I, I went to Books for Cooks, bought a book, saw Oriol Balaguer. Two days later, I was in Spain. <laughs> oh. For goodness sake. But you know me, you know what I'm like. Good, good job he was in Spain, not Australia, <laughs> not then, Australia. I suppose. So I turned up, I said to him, um, and he and the crazy thing about it, he answered the door. <sighs> and he, so I went to Spain, he couldn't speak too much English, I couldn't speak any Spanish. So he opened the door, I said, oh, it's you, it's Oriol, it's you. He said, who are you? I said, Paul. Uh, I said, I phoned you on the phone, I tell you I'm coming. He goes, yeah, but he was in England. I said, yeah, but now I'm in Spain. And then from that, we just got on. <laughs> he just said, you're mad. I said, yeah. And he goes, good, I'm mad too. 
So oh, we just brilliant. got on. And um, for me... How he, long were you there? A year. Well, on and on, I did my... See, when I worked in France and worked in Spain, there, there's a thing that we call stage. You become yeah, a stage. Yeah, stages, yep. yeah. So you work for free. So I worked for free in France and in Spain. And it also I worked for a year in England learning patisserie so I could go to France and um, go yeah. there with some skills. So with Spain, uh, I did six months and then I stopped and then I did some more work with him. But this, I would say the first six months was the most intense because um, if Oriol was in work, I was in work. So yeah, wherever he went, I went. So if he went on a function, because um, yeah. it, it was split into a chocolatier, um, uh, sorry, a chocolate manufacturing, but he also did desserts. And half of the desserts he did, he did all of the desserts for El Bully catering. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So anytime he said, would anyone, yes, would you work? Yes. Would you, yes. Would you, yes. So eventually he stopped asking me. He just said, Paul, you come. All right, Paul's going. Because <laughs> I, I just went on every function, you know. Yeah. So sometimes the functions will be finished early, in, uh, late in the night, and then we'd start early in the morning. But my mission was to learn as much as I could. But also I in loved. In that team. Yeah. And also loved the environment and just loved being working with him. He was the first person that really, once he saw my work, he just said, gave me free reins and just said, look, create. And that one itself was um, phenomenal. Phenomenal. That's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? Mm. Who do you admire in business? Who do you see that runs a business and you think they're good or they're good with their staff? Or if you, is there anyone like that that you would pick out? There's a few people that I've met along the way, you know. I met, um, I remember uh, one guy I'll never forget. I met, I was at a function and I met a gentleman. I mean, me and him just started talking. Old, older gentleman, must be about mm-hmm. in his 80s. This was years ago. And I just started speaking to him and we talking and blah, 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 and got on. and da, da. But then I noticed that everyone's rallying around this guy. Why are they rallying around? You know? And this guy was a multi billionaire. He, he <laughs> owned all of the popcorn stands in all of the stadiums in America. Jeez. But you would never know. No. <laughs> you would never know. And as afterwards, he shook my hand and, and it, it, he was grateful. He goes, I'm so glad you talked to me like a human being. I was like, what do you mean? And then someone explained to me, oh, yeah, this guy's worth, you know, billions. And, and so folk just didn't have normal conversations no, with him. But I didn't know who he was, you know, me yeah. being me. I just went over, hello, how are you doing? You all right? How are you? Do you want some, you want a drink? Do you want some chocolate, please? And then we just started talking. Yeah. He brought his wife over as well. That was crazy. But he's one person that I admire for the simple reason that the way he ran his business, it was his night. He had uh, booked the whole hotel and you would never have known. No. He, he, he didn't need to push it in your face. He didn't need to brag. And I'll never forget that. And the way no. he just greeted me and came afterward, even after the function had finished, he came to find me and shook my hand and said, thank you very much. I was like, why are you thanking me? <laughs> I haven't done anything. But to him, again. it was a case of I talked to him normally. Just like, being wow. yourself. Okay. So that I admire because it taught me something as well, that sometimes you're successful, but you don't change, but the people around you change. Yeah. And people treat true. you different. So you've got to take that into consideration as well. And sometimes you may have to not go out your way, but compensate for that because people yep. are now treating you different because now you're famous. So, um, and it's quite easy also to, to get a big head and to grow the ego, which we see many a time. And for, yep. for me, I'm just, no, I'd rather come out of the limelight yep. than have an ego. It's, it's your chocolate that speaks for you, isn't it? Exactly, it's yeah. not, 
Yeah. I would also say Mrs. Gregory would soon sort that too. <laughs> you would sort that out very quickly. Very yeah. quickly. <laughs> none, of, none of that. You're home now. <laughs> You're home now. You ain't famous now. I've got to take that back out there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> um, you know, sometimes folks say too much of something is never enough. Yes. Too much of what? What's the thing that no matter how much of it you get, you want more? I, it's, I think that um, it's funny, sorry, uh, this will lead on to a, a conversation I had. Someone said to me, what's the one mm-hmm. thing, and, and this will answer the question. Someone said to me, what's the one thing that you regret or one thing that um, in your career that you know you want to achieve or will regret? And for me, it's to create all the displays that I have in mind. I'll never live long enough to create them all. <laughs> and I think that's so you'll the, never have enough hours that work never never <laughs> so now I've stopped letting sending letting it send me mad <laughs> yeah. I said right step back a bit and just say right because I took I actually took a break mm-hmm. from making displays I haven't built a display in about uh since before the pandemic the pandemic came yep. at the right time because I was going to take the break anyway and yeah. then I decided right you know something I need to stop this thing here is driving me mad and it's definitely driving the family mad. Um, right. You know, waking up in the middle of the night and sketching and people coming down and looking at me like, what the hell is he doing? He's doing, <laughs> I know. That is amazing. So that's a busy mind. Yeah. That's what that is. It's not good. So I've been relaxing. People often talk about stepping out of their comfort zone. And, you know, sometimes when you look back, you think, I can't believe I ever did that. Or, I mean, I, I can remember going into a board meeting when I was quite young and -hmm. telling a lot of people who were a lot older than me where I thought they were going wrong at that point. (laughs) Yeah. Only because they'd asked me to, you know, they'd asked me to go and look at something. It wasn't that I just cracked into the room and started. But now I think I would be too aware of these are the folk that are paying me, you know, they're much older than me, all that kind of thing. And I do think it's amazing that I just was so sure mm. that, I, that I was helping them that I didn't mind telling them that stuff. And in fairness to them, I did a lot more work with them. So it obviously was the right thing. But what do you think when you look back, you're really surprised that you've done, where you've really sort of stepped out of your comfort zone? So, or Yes, I would say... Uh, as I, I know, I keep on talking about France and Spain, but those two mm. trips, because I've worked in Ireland, I've worked in Belgium, yep. I've worked in America, but France and Spain were the two that I look back and I think, what the hell was I thinking? Because the decision was made in 48 hours. You know, mm-hmm. um, I picked up the book going to Spain, I picked up the book, I said, I want to work with this man. I phoned him up, I said, I'm coming. He said, When do you come? I said, Tomorrow. I booked the flight and I was off. <laughs> it was as quick as that. Brilliant, you know? so isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was just fearless, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I think now, you know, we worry. Now, if that happened, I'd be thinking, okay, what about the mortgage? What about this? What about that? What? But at that time, it was Whereas like, you just thought at that point, you'll make it work. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I went, you know. Yeah. And that was uh, uh, Spain. France was the same thing as well because the, the gentleman that I went to work in France, I met him. Sorry, the whole class went to France and we stopped in his pastry shop as part of the tour. And I started talking to him, basically kept his number. And then two years later, went back and worked for him. But Fantastic. That, that again was, I found him on the Friday, Monday I was working. So it was, yeah. you know, it was one of those ones, you know. Um, That's amazing, isn't it? That is fantastic. So, yeah. What, what do you think you've learned about yourself that you wish you'd known about yourself when you were younger? You know, is there something you think I never, I never thought that 
that was different. I just thought everybody was like this or what's the thing that you know about yourself now that you wish you'd known when you were younger? I think two things. The first thing is the dyslexia. I wish that I had actually embraced it a lot younger and I didn't wait so long to to because I was embarrassed about it at one Mm -hmm. point you know you know you can't read properly or you know people are reading fast and you think bloody I can't make out that word so I wish I had embraced it a lot younger because I didn't do you do you think schools understood it then though because I know a lot of people from our age group who Mm. wouldn't have been diagnosed no no I didn't properly I didn't get diagnosed or they they didn't realize I was dyslexic until I was 28 I mean, that must have made school really (laughs) tough. Really tough. Really, really tough. Really tough. So I would say dyslexia. But if what could I... And then I wish I'd gone into catering. See, I would say, yeah, I wish I'd gone into catering straight away and didn't mess around with electrical engineering and that kind of stuff. But at the same time, it did help because it helped with my maths. Yeah. And algebra. And then once I start going into algebra, now I use algebra to write my recipes. So yep. I, I don't regret anything, <laughs> to be no. totally honest. Now looking back it's all, at it, it's all useful done for a reason. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. I think that too. I, often folks mm, say, does it bother you that that happened to you or this? And I think, no, because it made me who I am. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. even, even tough things, I think, yeah. mm-hmm. help make you who you are and make you more aware of what that might be like for other people and and that sort of thing so mm-hmm. yeah i think i think it's all all useful it's all relevant definitely 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 i don't regret i don't have no regrets no things to change the only thing that i regret no i do have regret the only thing that i do regret i wish that i had learned the language i wish i had learned french i learned spanish but the main reason why i didn't learn it is because if i didn't speak if i didn't learn the language <clears throat> Will try to understand language. They would explain what they were doing more. That's what I found. So it's yep. kind of a double-edged sword. Do I learn the language, or do I uh, let them explain properly so I understand it? Being dyslexic. Don't get me wrong. I understood the French and the Spanish kitchen terms. Yeah, but but you probably no. couldn't speak back yeah, or tell them so what you were thinking. They had to explain a bit longer. But no. that's the only regret I have that I wish I'd learned the language because now I'm older. Now I've got yeah. friends that I could speak to in French and in Spanish and, you know, but I can't. So, yeah. so they speak in English. Anyway, they speak in English. Oh, well. <laughs> what is the best thing you've had to eat recently? Doesn't It could be at home. It could be something that somebody sent you that you've tasted. It could be something uh, you're working chocolate on. Chocolate-wise or, or anything? What, what's just, the best thing? Um, chocolate-wise. Um Okay, let's start with this. No, let's do something sweet and something savoury. Um, what I've had lately is I uh, went to a restaurant east of Eden, which is a vegan restaurant. I'm not a vegan. I still eat I still eat fish no. and I still eat chicken, but I don't eat red meat. And that was red the meat. best meal I've had, I would say, this year. <laughs> the most memorable meal that I've had this year. What was it about it that excited you? It was have Brilliant. Some, having some... What did you have that you... I had I had um, a, a variety of um, stuff. So I had a curry um, chickpeas. Um, I had um, they served some ackee as well and dumplings. It was great. It was it was just the flavors of it. It, oh, it was just amazing. full of flavor. And yeah. I've eaten some vegan food before, and there was no flavor to it. It was very bland. But this was full of flavor. The, um, I think it can all taste great, but it just needs those layers exactly. of flavor and yeah. the different yeah. textures. That's and it. Things, there's doesn't no meat. It? You know, you need yeah. that. And uh, uh, yeah, it was the best meal I've had this year. So as far as 
uh, savory that was Good. that as chocolate wise now i'm actually working on a um a new rum chocolate which is um it's from a a, oh, a wow. rum company and it's the only rum distillery in brixton believe it or not <laughs> Brick- yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Right. I've heard so about these I'm guys. I'm up uh-huh. with them to actually yeah. produce a chocolate from them. That should be ready this week, um, hopefully out uh, in two weeks' time. Um, so that's exciting because they, Fantastic. you know, because I, I like rum. That's a I'm really good thing. Lie to you. I do like a sip of rum every now and then. <laughs> I was going to say, is it rum and reason? Because that's always what yeah. we associate, isn't it? It's a dreadful thing, but that yeah, yeah, was always yeah. what you got when we were younger. Rum and reason chocolate, yeah, yeah. rum and reason ice cream. So this is just a uh, <laughs> uh, rum with spices. I would imagine this is a more sophisticated. Yeah, it's, it, it's, but it's nice. It's it's oh, not lovely. too snobbish. Anyone can can enjoy it, you know. No. And this particular one um, is from a. Yep. I think it's a. It's a three-year-old rum. I'm still waiting to get the specification on the rum, but they sent it to me. I've made the the sample. I'm happy with it. I'm just yep. waiting for feedback from them, and then we should launch in about two weeks' time. Brilliant. What would you say to anybody who was starting a business like yours? What would you say the most important thing you can do before you start or as you start is what? what's the thing? Plan. You would tell <laughs> Plan people? and then employ someone like yourself to, to read the plan. I didn't do none of that. And I found out the hard way. <laughs> I just, I just no. opened. I, I had no business... Yeah. It, it was funny when people yeah. said to me, oh, you must have started well. No, I had no business sense whatsoever. I'll give you a funny story. I went to the bank and I had all these checks because at that time it was getting cash and we was getting checks. And um, I was mm-hmm. living off the cash and I had these checks and I needed to open a bank account. So um, I said to them, right, I've got these checks. Give me the money. And they would say, well, no, Mr. Gregory, you need to open an account. And I was like, okay, well, fine. Let's open an account. You know, let's do it. Give me the money now. And I was so naive. Yeah. And then I sat down with the bank manager. And the bank manager, me and him, was talking. He was a nice guy. We actually got on. And he turned to me and he said to me, um, mm-hmm. so what's your forecast? And I said, oh, it looks like it's going to rain. And it was like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now I can laugh about it. But it was like, I had no idea. I didn't know what VAT was, self-employed. Nothing. All I knew is that good products sell. And that was a, that was a drum board. Yeah, and you yeah. just wanted to get started. So if if administration and paperwork yes. and stuff isn't your strength, find somebody Definitely. that that it is their strength and get them in from the beginning. That's good advice. Plan well and get someone else to plan for you. <laughs> um my my last question to you mm. is if you were going onto a desert island mm-hmm. And you could only take three things with yep. you. Now, it can be food. It can be food equipment. It can be whatever you want. What would the three things that you would think you need to take with you are? Because I've got to take the wife. <laughs> of course. Of course. That's, that's, that's a given because somebody's well, got go. to organise you. <laughs> three things. Wow. Um, uh, well, I want to be buried with my chocolate machine. I know it sounds mad. Yeah, so yeah. Good. Yeah. No. Nope. Yeah, a bit a bit obsessive. But yeah, but that's, that's, that's going with you. Chocolate chocolate the chocolate machine has to go. Um I can give up everything else, but I can't give up working with chocolate. Yep. But then on a desert island it'd be bloody mm-hmm. hot, wouldn't it? And all the chocolate would melt. But hey, uh, then I could retemper. So I'll be alright. I'll be alright. <laughs> yeah. You have to temper. <laughs> <it differently>. <laughs> um that's a hard question, there's so much. 
Um, but definitely chocolate and a chocolate machine. I have to take the chocolate with me. That's that's without saying. I would say and the passion fruit because that's your signature. Fruit, so I can find another way to work with it, you know, to, uh, on the desert island. Good. Yeah. Good. Oh, thank you very much for doing this. I know we had a, a few glitches at the beginning of it, but we got there on everything. So thank you very much. It's been great to speak to you. And I know you and I are working on yeah. a couple of things just now as well. And I look forward to us being able to oh, tell yeah. people about those when those things appear. So um, that's that's superb. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Let me introduce you with Jane Milton. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you don't miss an episode. Please leave a comment to let us know what you've enjoyed or connect to us on social media at Jane Milton Food. If you found it interesting, please share the details with other food businesses you know. We always love meeting new food businesses. See you next episode.